The application saves a copy of it. All right. Welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob. And today we have a couple of guests with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Kama Patel. Um, I am an attorney and uh, was a criminal justice major, uh, bachelor's in criminal justice from Northeastern. And uh, I'm a lofty. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, pretty How are you good. Doing? Good, good. All right. Uh, he is working right now, so he might he might actually not be there at this exact moment. <laughs> um, so basically, we wanted to... Oh, he is here. Yeah, sorry. Uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself here. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm uh, Jake Hansbury. I'm the chairman of the White Panther Party. Chairman of what? Sorry, Jake. I'm the chairman of the White Panther Party. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? Very well. Yeah, um, hopefully we will possibly have uh, another couple of people um hopping on later in the stream this is something we've been wanting to do for a while um every week in our regular current event show we talk about police killings or police brutality as a broader topic but we wanted to really like try to you know dive in and show how wide-reaching this issue is um <laughs> i guess just for starters you know uh there's a lot to be said around it, but we want to drive home a few key points. Um, for example, every time that we increase funding to police departments, police killings in cases of police brutality go up as well. Mm -hmm. So why do we continue to do that? Or why does the bourgeois state uh, continue to do that would be a more appropriate question. But anyway, like just as a like example, the state of Connecticut in the last like five years or so um, <clears throat> has had uh, Randy Cox, Gordon Cole Jr., uh, Mubarak, Soleimane, 
and I've, I don't have a name for the man who was shot in New Britain, but that's just, you know, like that was a 30 second Google search for one state. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of at a loss for words. Like, um, you know, I really, I really thought that things would take a turn after the George Floyd uprisings and the exact opposite has happened. No, for sure. Biden has uh, the most police killings overall in history has been in 2022. Biden put millions into uh, police uh, just recently, police into cops just recently. And who's invested in those going to cop city who's invested in all those corporations who are backing and uh, put $90 million into cop city? Biden, Democratic Party, Republican Party. We've got Home Depot, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America. They're all linked. And why? Because uh, Atlanta is rising. BIPOC community in Atlanta are rising and they're having, they have an anonymous uh, grassroots movement going on right now. And it was catapulted into the media because of the death of a young activist, uh, 26 years old, by permission on native land, by permission of the elders. You've got the uh, Department of the Interior who has been taking native land for hundreds of years. And the head of the Department of the Interior is a native woman who was appointed by Biden. So she has full authority to stop this or let it happen. She's letting it happen, as is Biden. Democratic Party, majority. Basically, yeah. uh, as we all know, basically if BIPOC rises, working class rises, the marginalized rises, there will be no two-party system. There will be no system. So how, what is the quickest way to stop that from happening? Create an army um, that is uh, backed by the state and created by the state. It's their own personal army in America. Going back, well, we're not even going back that long, 1921 to 1968, flourishing black communities across the nation were being ravaged by white mobs, cops, and our presidents, our government, government didn't do anything about it. They condoned it. And then you had redlining and freeways were created four generations we're talking four generations of black folk were killed murdered in these cities across the nation blue cities too we're talking matt boston we're talking california la san diego these are so-called blue states right just recently um uh, an antifa event, event for cop city in boston Boston of all places, and I was born and raised there. They uh, they arrested several activists. One of them is the uh, non-binary daughter of the uh, House Democratic Whip, the House Democratic Whip, and she was arrested by by cops for supposedly spray painting "All cops are bastards." It's a protest. It's not a parade. Of course, <laughs> right. seriously, it's not it's not a parade. 
So, but they won't hold the cops responsible, but they hold this kid responsible for spray paint. It's well, not- yeah, and, and ultimately at the end of the day, no one is hurt by a building being spray painted. Mm-mm. Right. Exactly. And so people are being hurt definitely by cops. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, I really hate that like peace gatekeeping. You know, like, oh, well, these these protests have to stay nonviolent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having violence imposed on them every day. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Atlanta PD claims that um, a cop car was put on fire. One cop, empty cop car was put on fire, okay? We know the police handle all, the cops handle all the evidence has access to plant evidence cops recently the, the uh, prosecutor in uh DeKalb county she's a black woman she did i think she did the right thing she recused herself as prosecutor on the six young white kids the atlanta six were arrested as domestic were supposedly spray painting and and uh and uh, putting the cop car on fire so the Cobb County DA has recused herself. She's requested an independent prosecutor. We need an independent investigation, period. So, um, and all, also the, the cops who killed um, the young man, who is the 26-year-old young man on native land who was actually, in uh, his last name is Taren, Manuel Taren. Um, they still can't, they, they don't have any footage. They claim there is no footage. Of course there's footage. You just don't want to show it. It's, um, and it's alarming to me that it, this, there are people still out there who don't know this is happening, even though it's, it's, been na- it's been national news. And part of the reason why is because we're not organized and people right now don't care. And it's not, it's not even young millennials or Gen Zers. I'm not trying to group generations but it's my age and up and I'm 50 and I'm seeing that all the time. And the problem is my age and up are still seeing this as red versus blue instead of red and blue versus the people. So right. it's uh, I, I feel for you. This is just so painful. I can't even tell you as, as a, I was an AIDS activist uh, since I was 16 as an AIDS activist, just seeing, people die right in front of me who I was taken care of. And it, this is happening again. And the only time we were ever listened to, 1987, we shut down Wall Street, just lay in the streets. And there were so many activists who were losing their lives anyways, that they couldn't hold, they couldn't hold them. I was there observing, they wouldn't let me do anything, I was too young. They couldn't hold us. One was always there to replace the other, but part of that is because they were di- they were we were di- they were dying, and they knew they were dying. Now we're here, and I get it. People don't want to be martyrs, but there's gonna be martyrs, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> And the thing is, uh, people, I always say, I, I, I put it out there in my, on my page that uh, Joe Biden's a white supremacist, obviously. So I still get people 
with pushback or just so and the woman who pushed back on me this time her daughter is diaspora from 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 South Africa she's black you know she adopted her when she was young I said you better get that Kevlar you better show her how to shoot the kids learning how to mm-hmm. shoot she doesn't believe me still and it's just she's 54 so only four years older me older me it's baffling to me so it's um this country is programmed and programmed from first breath to believe that politicians will save them to believe that uh bipoc communities are dangerous it's propaganda to its highest form and nobody cares i mean there are people who care we're just not organized yet and i don't know how to make that happen i'm trying and the funny thing is um the older i get the less young people really want to listen unless it comes from my son or my daughter or gen z right they'll listen to them they'll be like oh fuck gen z great but they know they're right when it comes from me you know i get it there's an age difference so uh it doesn't matter what i look like what i sound like they're seeing a you know 50 year old woman in front of them right um and they don't ask about my activism i don't offer it because you don't have bragging rights in this uh we were taught that BLM didn't teach these activists anything. Didn't bring them in, didn't give them a salary. They've got 120 million dollars laying right there in the little foundation. Where is it going? The Democratic Party mostly. Yes it is. Yes it is. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's no policy change. That movement only created awareness, no policy change. It ended up being as corrupt as any organization out there in the system. You're working within the structures of the system. Of course there's going to be corruption. And major right. corruption. We're not even talking little things. So yeah. No, we're talking about like uh you know skimming most of the money right off the top or directing the money towards establishment um fixes that won't accomplish anything. They won't accomplish anything. Get to remember right after at his acceptance speech Biden thanked the black community for uh for winning the election for him. What has he done? Going against the black community. I can't believe that he got the vote of the black community after saying if you don't vote for me you ain't black. Oh, I know he <sighs> so many inflammatory things. He's also said that um what is it? Uh poor people are as good as white people. What is that? <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa. Yes, I'll dig up the meme. It's actually I, I it's legit. I looked it up. poor people are as good as white people so basically he thinks all bipoc are poor and they're not as good as and he has to clarify that they're as good as white people he's a, he's a white supremacist and people who don't see an 80 year old old man that can barely hold five words together without Adderall and you're and you want to reelect this dude again to run this country again I mean, okay, so like here's my thing on that, right? Like Trump versus Biden was like as low as you can go, right? For a potential race. How are they going to follow that up? <laughs> We have no um I don't Okay, so Republican Party has DeSantis, right? DeSantis is probably going to run cuz 4 or 5 will not 
win. And uh, oh, and I'm actually really concerned about that. Um, I think that DeSantis could be a far more effective um, fascist than Trump could ever hope to be. Look at Hillsdale College in in Michigan, a very conservative college, very Christian college. They've gone in and worked with DeSantis and gone in there. Their plan is is to flip every state university and create um, uh, and basically put on the board of trustees all conservative trustees. That's their plan. And when you do that, when you do that, obviously they're, they're they're trying to stop any kind of education, any kind of critical thinking, and create a very fundamentalist religious religious universities instead of creating open uh, an open floor for speech and conversations about leftist politics. These only occur, and very moderately, mind you, in major universities, in state universities. It's happening at, my daughter goes to Wayne State in Detroit. It's happening in Wayne State, but she, like she said, she said it's not enough. So if that's not enough, look at what they're gonna do. They're gonna flip all the major universities in Florida, and they're not gonna stop there once he's president. And I don't think he'll win, but Biden's no better. We all know that. Yeah. He voted Clarence Thomas in, even after Anita Hill. Voter yeah. Versus Wade was reversed, right? He created, he helped draft the 1994 crime bill, right? We've talked about that on this show quite a bit, too. <clears throat> and so we, I mean, it is common knowledge, hopefully, that the C, we know <laughs> CIA has brought in, brought in the drugs, brought in the crack, distributed it nicely into the BIPOC communities and made the arrests, put away a lot of the BIPOC. Why? Because BIPOC was going to rise and they were mixing with other, other communities finally. Well, yeah. and also if they're locked up, they can be imprisoned legally under um, yeah. the 13th Amendment. And the prison system is its own enslavement process. They do yep. all the work and 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 support these prison systems and support state corporations in michigan right now that's what they're doing so basically they're thrown away uh we're talking 19 year old felony murder 19 year old black kids were just present when something was happening right felony murder put away at 19 there are 19 year olds in there who are wasting away for 40 years and I'm doing prisoners' rights work right now in Michigan. It's difficult. It's very difficult. I'm trying to get legislation passed right now called Second Look to be able to look at all these younger cases because all these young kids were put away because it's the Michigan Supreme Court has also admitted the scientific evidence is true. The brain development does not end till 25 or 26. You'll still have impulsivity at 19 right? That's felony murder comes in because impulsivity you may not kill someone, but you're going to be there wrong place, wrong time. Whether you're the driver of the car or you're just there when with the shooter, you're going down for murder. Right. Right. Getting hit as an accomplice for something you might not have even known was coming. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Exactly. And because um, of the propaganda, because judges see uh, white kids in a different light, light than black kids, and part of that is lookism. It is. I mean, we lookism is a huge thing across the world in as far as what is considered um, nice or beautiful. And white kids get away with a lot more than, than young black kids. They are not even put away for the same backgrounds, for the same charges. The only difference is one is poor, one isn't. Or one is BIPOC and one is white. Yeah. Um, so in the Facebook comments, um, Corey Che McElliott said, or Elijot, Elegot, I don't know. Tell me how to say your name. <laughs> uh, in terms of social class, it was safe to experiment on BIPOC with things like drug epidemics and heavy policing because the myth of the middle class allowed other members of the proletariat to look uh, down their nose at fellow workers. Um, also, earlier you mentioned that you weren't sure how to like um, effectively organize about this, and I feel that Chairman Jake may have uh, something to say on that, and I wanted to uh, turn the floor over to him if he wants it. I have a lot to say about uh, <clears throat> the whole conversation in general. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of this. Um, as far as organizing goes, uh, I mean, we really need to develop a connection to the communities we live in. Um, and in that, in that regard, and I can take this in many different directions, but in that regard, uh, and it, you know, I don't want to make you guys, I don't want to put anybody down. That's not my goal. Uh, but the conversation about electoral politics right now mm -hmm. is, it's not the place. That's not what we should be talking about at all. Um, because that's not what these people are dealing with on the ground. It's not what they're thinking about. If you look at the, we can just, <clears throat> just following the electoral electoral politics uh, discussion. If you look at the, the demographics, two thirds of the people in this country don't even vote. And a majority of the people in this country can't even make uh, $500 if they had an emergency, for example. They don't have that on standby. So in large part, we're talking about a majority of people who don't vote and who don't have any money and they're very poor. Uh, and the, these, these things, the, the lack of control over the community by the people, the lack of wealth, the heightening of inequality in all these different ways, that is what contributes to crime primarily. Um, and I'm sure, um, I'm sure uh, our other guest speaker here, I forgot your name, uh, but I'm sure you would be able to, to hit on that better than I can, because uh, I'm sure you've studied these things. But for example- You're talking about me, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do, I do. Voting doesn't matter. He's right. And doesn't matter. Talking about electoral politics doesn't matter. The structures are there. Um, this is not a democracy. So and the, the other thing is, it's not it's not an academic thing as well. On the ground, nobody's really concerned so much with demographics. Yes, they can change people's minds. You could tell somebody that over four thousand people have been murdered by police in you know last year or this year alone. 
and the numbers rising and that's moving but it doesn't put a face to it these people have specific cases in their communities that they're dealing with and there's specific losses that have a face there's specific families that have faces you know um and organizing around those families organizing those families together uh not to put forward legislation uh, that can help you you know give it given you have the the mechanism of actually getting that legislation passed but as we've seen we have a majority and no legislation has been passed and that's been the case for a long time a very so, long time and it needs that to legislation going to be enforced especially with the cop system the way it is absolutely see and and the other aspect of this too is that we have to organize people or people affected by issues like this and we have to get their opinions of the situation we have to have a study of how they're confronting and dealing with this situation in their own personal lives what kind of ways we could support them uh and you know trying to build programs around that trying to build community self-defense initiatives organizing street gangs to protect these families to protect these neighborhoods so that they're not killing each other they're unified against the state they're unified against capitalism i there's a there's a lot of different trends here you know that 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 i could pull on but i i mean the the main the main thing that i want to hit home just to try to drive this conversation forward a little bit is it is a it is a a, a petty bourgeois academic uh and i privileged position to be arguing about politics in the electoral sense right now that's not what anybody wants to hear um and we really need to discuss what kind of militant action we can take and you were talking about uh you know how how you guys laid on the street uh in new york mm -hmm. uh and that is an example of something that you know it, it's it's in it's in the right direction you know that's but we need that. and that was a while ago things of you know when fauci took over um and held on to the protease inhibitor research we were we were flabbergasted uh i think we lost a lot of what what a lot of um people don't understand is i think is that they need a majority they think they need a majority of the people um and i, I think it causes a lot of hopelessness what we need is critical mass all yeah. we really need is three percent of the people i don't but we don't have that because we aren't organized yet but we we do have it we actually do have it we just need to get you right networked <clears throat> and organized i mean we need the people over here talking with the people over here and comparing each other's results and you know it goes even further than this though because we need to have professional dedicated people who can lead and organize something like that we live in a situation that since the 1970s the various crises that have happened economically uh we live in a situation where people work most of the day and if they don't do that they can't pay their bills they can't 
you know, feed their kids, etc. Um, and that's, you know, so our, the standard of living um, that people can have is directly tied to the amount of time they spent, you know, working. So we need to find ways to not only organize, because the police brutality is connected to capitalism and capitalism is connected to all the other in, uh, inequities we have in society. So for example, if you build a food program, now somebody may, they may be able to work, you know, two hours less, you know, just because you've been able to feed them, they don't have to buy the food now, you know. Um, and doing that in all these different facets, building actual, a, a situation where the power on the ground run and organized by professionals, people who can dedicate themselves to this, is uh, a rival contending power with the government. That's a situation that we need. And that's the only way that we can adequately defend the community. It's the only adequate way we can govern the community. Um, but it matters that we have professionals dedicated that are not sectarian. They're in unity on the issues. They're in unity on a line. They're in unity on, uh, you know, the solution. So, um, you know, doing that in the divide, uh, div divided, the uh, the divided state of the left in this country, uh, you know, it's it's going to take a lot of work. Um, but we can't keep tailing the issue. The masses kind of rise up in spontaneous ways in response to these killings and they don't have any centralized organ, uh, organizers. They don't have any, uh, they, don't, they don't have the means of carrying that struggle uh, and sustaining it. It just kind of flares up and then burns out, you know, very spectacularly. And it's why you see the cities on fire, you know, and by the end of the night, everybody's exhausted and they have no resources available to them anymore because they've destroyed everything. So we have to think about all these things. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Um, I know with both in Portland and AIDS activism, it was always, um, we would do one week on, one week off. Um, a lot of um, our gay brothers who couldn't make rent were thrown out on the streets um, because they couldn't, they were too sick to work, right? So we took care, a lot of lesbians, I was, I'm queer, a lot of lesbians in the community took care of our gay brothers and support, this, you're talking exactly what we did during AIDS activism. We supported each other. Uh, we took gay brothers in, we, we took care of them, right? We were changing their diapers, we're cleaning them, they were, we were feeding them. We were going to work um, while we were in college, um, we we're going to work to basically um, sustain our friends and be able to take care of them and also to be able to fund all the, the organizers who are actually going out there and marching and laying in the streets. So uh, I did all the, I did a lot of the grunt work because I was young, but that was the last movement in recent years that I saw actually be able to organize like this. And it was all racist, it was across the board and everyone was on board. But the thing is, because that was something that actually hit mainstream, celebrities, all these people started dying. Um, 
it got and Liz Taylor took took over also it got a lot of attention um everyone's afraid of being a lot privileged people are afraid of being uncomfortable they see still see police they still see cops as people who protect society and they don't protect society they protect property they don't even do that that well for people right they're only doing it for the one percent and we know and we know that and you, and you pro and you know that as well I, i'm not trying to preach to the choir here but um it is going to be hard work I mean, what do you think do you think the left is just is lacking a vision is that what we're is that uh, what no it's not a lack of a vision uh more or less and you you'd know this too more or less every person you talk to who's active they have a clear vision of what they want mm -hmm. right they don't all match up though mm -hmm. and to get to any particular place right to have okay so say you have a goal of we're going to have such and such food program such and such jail uh uh fun whatever it is right by next year right how you get there matters right we all have to figure out exactly which social practices are working in the particular communities we're at and that'll inform ideologically where we're going um if it's the case that anarchists for example aren't able to create a statewide mutual aid network for example if they're just unable to do that Mm -hmm. right then that means that they need to shift to some other kind of program you know what i mean but these are the hard lessons we have to learn and the only way we can actually learn them is by having dedicated people who can go out and do that work consistently that's all they do you know what i mean and getting to that we should on an on a nationwide level really take up the position that when you're gonna engage with an organization, you're gonna join it, right? That that is, there are certain levels of commitment that come with that. And at the highest level, the level of commitment, it needs to be treated like you're joining the military. You know, uh, you need to be ready to put your life on the line. You need to have a clear understanding of what kind of time you're gonna put into this. You need to have an understanding that you may not be able to go home every night and see your family, right? You need to be willing to take the risks, willing to make the sacrifices so that we can have a better world. Because it, it's, it's beyond just the community. It's the world we're talking about. For sure, for sure. But what kind of organizations out there under a capitalistic system actually are helpful? Are we talking about nonprofits here? Or are we talking about actual or grassroots organizations that are out there? Because I don't see any movement out there. I'm talking about militant working class or lumpen proletariat movements. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So an example, there's a set of organizations that came together, White Panther Party included. We made the second Rainbow Coalition. Mm -hmm. The Black Panther Party, White Panther Party, Brown Berets, Young Lords, mm -hmm. all of us came together to make this organization. Mm -hmm. an organization called uh, the Poor People's Army, also affiliated. This is homeless people who have organized themselves they have taken their destinies into their own hands they're actively occupying houses uh that hud owns in philadelphia mm -hmm. they're also a part of this um you know and it, so there's a there's a that's the kind of that's the kind of commitment we need you know 
we need people who are of these communities um, willing to put their lives on the line for each other, you know, willing to actually camp out somewhere, willing to be armed if necessary. Oh, for sure. Um, and that's not something you can get from any NGO. It's not something you can get from any nonprofit 501c. Um, so, so, you know, building those connections with the community, getting the community to certain, doesn't need to be all of them, like you were saying, getting specific key community members who can organize to be willing to take a commitment like that, right? Treat it like they treat their own life. That's the only thing that's gonna get us out of this situation. Being unwilling to break the law, you know, um, that's a tendency we need to do, do away with. Mm -hmm. Being overly concerned with your own safety is something we need to do away with. Right. For right. Sure. These are things that are reinforced by the conditions that petty bourgeois people live in or individualists live in who are striving to get to that position. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not helpful. Mm -hmm. And it's rampant in the leftist the leftist community broadly, you know. That we got to be scientific about this. So agree 100%. 100%. So how does so so I do have a lot of connections in the community, but I'm also um not at least in Detroit and Ypsilanti, which is in Michigan. Um, but I'm not in the community, right? I do have privilege, I have a law degree. I can, I'm already helping, but it isn't enough because a lot of the organizers in Detroit are connected politically with one of the parties, obviously the Democratic Party. And no matter how much they call out a party, they're still working with them. It's why we don't have a lot of marches in Grand Rapids against the cops. It's why we're not having the marches anymore against cops in Detroit. Um, I'm, I'm trying, I, I mean, getting affiliated with the White Panther Party, is that something that is like, is that something that's gonna progress these young people who want to organize and don't know what to do or where to go or what movement to go with and don't realize that they are the movement? I mean, is it something that they can do as far as connecting with the White Panther Party? I don't believe yeah. the White Panther Party in Michigan. Well, the White Panther Party actually was founded in, in the 60s in Michigan. Was it? Uh, oh. Yeah. Something I didn't uh, know. You got a rich historical, uh, uh, you know, connection to that to that to that line there. Okay. Um, and there are a few people who who want to build a party there, um, and you know that's, that's all power to them, you know. But I I feel and I I just sense this from what you're saying. Um, you're, you're having trouble with kind of, um, I'm having trouble with egos. I have a yeah. lot of egos. Right. And following that trajectory. Right. So all of these people who are like career organizers, mm -hmm. right. And they're connected to some party apparatus or to some nonprofit I want to suggest that that's not the right direction to look in. They're definitely dedicated in some regard to something and they definitely have a vision in some way, right? They all have these tendencies that make it difficult to organize with them. Mm 
Um, but your concern, your your focus, right, should be on your neighbors. There's a a, a quote that um, uh, Bobby Lee, who's a Black Panther from Illinois in the '60s, and High Thurman. I heard it from him. Um, if you don't know where to start, you walk out your front door and you look to your left and your right, behind you, in front of you, and you pick a direction. And that's how we do this. And you will find that surveying these people, figuring out their the concrete conditions, the problems they're they're facing, they don't, they don't have anything to do with electoral politics. And all these people don't know who these career organizers are, and they're not interested in that in the first place. They want to know why their water's been shut off. They want to know what they can do to fix that problem. And if you can organize them toward getting water keys, for example, and turning the fucking water back on, right? Collectively, right? It's hard. Every neighborhood in Flint and Detroit has water keys. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and there's a, see, the thing is, is they've made a, a this is a lumpen tendency, right? There, there, people make a business out of that turning the water back on, right? Well, if you can organize your neighbors to instead think, instead of thinking about the profit motive behind having a water key, you think about the survival necessity of having a water key, right? It's why when a pilot is flying over a mountain range, they don't leave without a gun and a, a first aid kit. You know what I mean? We have to develop programs for our survival. Getting people to think along those terms, showing them through actual practice that collectively they can do this at far less cost than they could as individuals, right? Getting people to see that in all the facets of their life through building survival programs is what will give you the means of liberating a community, right? And this hits on our line. Our line is to build uh liberated zones it's to turn the prisons into schools of liberation right turn things into their revolutionary opposite um or to their reactionary opposite which is you know if it's a supermarket now we have a food depot right these are the things that we need to develop you gotta look at the you gotta look at the masses the na- your neighbors they're they are actually you would be surprised they are better organizers than these career activists who only pull out crowds of 100, you know, 200 people. And they're all people who always show up. So. I agree. And I just need to break. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I just want to say we need to break people out of that mindset of thinking that reformism is ever going to fucking fix anything once they acknowledge and realize that both the Republicans and the Democrats are pro-capitalist and don't give a flying fuck about you or your survival and steer them instead towards revolution of like, no, seize the means, build the dual power, like what Chairman Jake is talking about here and actually be able to be self-sustaining and have our own resources in line. So that way we can keep ourselves afloat and surviving while we fight off this system, because the system is built to fuck us plain and simple we need to break people out of the mentality of thinking that cops are you know protecting and serving no they're not they are agents of the enemy state they fucking exist to keep us in line it's a matter of waking people the fuck up there's another thing as well here 
keeping in mind that many of the cities in this country, even towns, are still segregated. Oh, for right? sure. 100%. Keeping this in mind, we have to understand that if everybody on this call uh, is, is presentably white, right? We have to have a focus on our community. It's not our job to organize black people. Black people need to take their liberation into their own hands. And if we need it, we need to we need to do away with that Messiah thinking. We got a job to do in our community, right? Which is to make sure that when the black community revolts in their neighborhood and their borough, that we have that their we fucking the backs. Yes. Yes. That we do the same. And that we have institutions in our community that are uh you know of equal uh support of equal uh capable of equal acts of solidarity capable of feeding our people right so that we can collectively right black brown red uh yellow you know all of us rise up at the same time because they don't have enough police officers to stop that mm -hmm. They can't well, bring, you know, bring in enough National Guardsmen to stop that. If you have active revolt on part of an entire neighborhood, several different neighborhoods, segregated, thousands of people, you know, they're not going to be able to stop that. So, well, yeah, even when you look at like mass protests or riots, if that's your preferred lingo, um, you know, like the cops might be able to pin and suppress like a crowd of 10,000. But at the same time, if it was 10 crowds of 1,000, they wouldn't be able to do shit about it. Exactly. Which is why when, uh, you know, L.A. erupted over uh, Rodney King's killing, uh, they had to bring in the National Guard. Now, imagine if the whole city was up in arms, mm -hmm. right? By and large, that was a that was a black rebellion, you know. Um, but if you had everybody out there, and instead of the 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 race contradiction being the one that everybody was looking at, right? That they were looking at the state contradiction, the class contradiction, right? And organizing themselves to turn these contradictions into their opposites, you would not have had. A situation where the national guard would have been able to quell that mm -hmm. you would have had a situation where they would have had to call in you know jets and tanks mm -hmm. it would have been on par with the paris commune they would have had to have in this in the sense bring the legitimate army back to the, domestically you know to to quell that and that is the situation that we need to get to in every city in this country mm -hmm. we have to have a centralized leadership that can help drive that struggle. So. Let me ask you something though. A lot of communities though, um, a lot of people want to devote their time and energy to this, uh, to the movement or to, uh, basically no one knows how to shoot a gun. They don't. These young kids do not even know how to pick up a gun, <laughs> let alone shoot one. You'd right? be surprised. You live in a city? No, I'm from Boston. Uh, I lived in Dorchester and Roxbury, which were uh, hoods around Boston. They're gentrified now. Um, but this was a long time ago. I'm 50 now. So I live in a lily white neighborhood right now. I live in semi-rural Indiana. 
And I don't know a, a, a male my age who doesn't know how to shoot a gun. And a lot of them, a lot of them. And so, you know, you got to remember, you know, we all often underestimate what we're capable of, you know, they have, we have historically on the left. Um, but you're right. In some sense, we need to have professional training, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, it's one thing to know how to shoot a gun. It's not to, you know, you're not, that doesn't make you a soldier, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But we need right. To have I mean, training. the pressure alone is a lot different than shooting at a range. Yeah. Well, we, we need that I've noticed that has been a huge problem is a lot of these white kids who want to help and do the work um, aren't willing to put their lives on the line, number one. And number two, they don't know the history. They don't know anything about the history. And they think privilege conversations, uh, conversations about privilege uh, actually creates divide. (laughs) Which is, I know, it's insane. When I heard that the other night um, at an event, where I, there was a lot of young millennials, no Gen Zers, but a lot of young millennials. We were talking, you know, 24 to 35. Um, this was their conversation. They knew nothing about aid, the AIDS movement. They knew nothing, they knew little to nothing about blank, Black Panther movement. Um, they just didn't know the history of the Black community all in America. It, it was bizarre to me. And I'm like, how can you make change and have conversations if you don't even know the history or haven't read about it? Well, yeah, and I mean, really, the, the history is is really deep. Everything. If you look at the last hundred years between, uh, you know, labor activism, the civil rights movement, the women's rights struggles, um, the anti-war protests for Vietnam, well, really, the whole revolutionary 60s. It was a revolutionary wave across the world. Um, you know, and then that was followed by neoliberalism and we haven't been able to shake that off yet, I think. No, and that's, but that's what I'm seeing in the activist communities in uh, Ypsilanti and Detroit, where I'm talking to young kids, um, they're talking out of their asses and egos because they think it's all about them, right? And these are white kids. They think it's all about them and the working class. And I, I bring up racial classism. They don't know what that is. How can you not know what that is? It's been a tool that's been used by the the actual system that you're that you're talking against, you're working against, right? You can't you can't do away with classism without first addressing racial classism. But they I, have no perspective they take their own depression i had an activist that grifted 700 dollars from a donation that i was heading up for uh individuals in detroit who needed the money to sustain themselves because they were activists they weren't making rent they weren't making they weren't getting their electric bills paid this young activist white um grifted 700 dollars from from our donation fund and he was he just was like well i was desperate i'm 25 years old 24 years old whatever i have borderline i have this i have that and i'm like fred hampton assassinated at 21 just recently 26 year old kid in in atlanta assassinated by cops you have no excuse there's no perspective at all because they don't know the history and they don't know what what people during aids activism and before went through to get here we were trained too but we were trained with history that's why we were so active in the movement 
They don't know any. And it seems like they don't want to also. Yeah. It, you know, this, this is another aspect of this too, is uh, mass education. We need to figure out. So, you know, you can think of, uh, you think about uh, when the masses were mobilized in places like Vietnam mm-hmm. and in China, right? You didn't have the infrastructure needed to teach a thousand people, you know, in a schoolhouse in Vietnam or in China. Now, how did they do that? You had to have a mass gathering where you it, it's literally a political education while you're in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, we need to take the mindset of partisans in occupied France. That's the, the, the framework that people need to think about the world in. Uh, the, mo- in most places, almost all of them, probably all of them you could even argue that is something that applies that mindset applies every single government institution is in some way connected to a capitalist imperialist system worldwide that is meant to kill you it's meant to exploit you you know um and this connect, you know, connecting this to, to the to police brutality here, um, you can look at it any way you want. The way I look at it is that's the genocide that's going on. Mm-hmm. When you look at the demographics, mm-hmm. right, disproportionately killing black people, sure. that is a genocide, uh, you know, with several thousand victims every year and rising. Um, you may know the statistic, I, I forgot it. But over the course of the last 20 or 30 years, mm-hmm. I think it's something like 15,000 people, but it could be wrong. But anyway, the point is, is that's, you know, that's like enough to fill up a whole football stadium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of just people who have been murdered by police. Mm-hmm. And think of all the other ways that the black community is targeted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having Living in a food desert, everybody's malnourished. You have kids dying mm-hmm. in infancy because they can't get formula. You, you have, I mean, this, if you go to places like Kensington, Pennsylvania, right, it looks like you've stepped into a third world country. Yeah. Yeah. This is the conditions that many, many, many millions of people are facing Mm -hmm. and understanding that in those pockets of the country, those are ghettos Mm -hmm. in the Nazi German sense. Yes. People are quite literally economically confined there. They may not have fencing in place to keep them from leaving the place, right? They may be able to walk, you know, into the next neighborhood, but then they risk getting killed. They risk, you know, a, a myriad of different things happening to them. So understanding the reality of that situation, getting people to be professional about dealing with this, Right. And getting the masses of people involved and having those political educations, you know, go to Needle Park, you get 100, 200 people there and you start you start talking about these things. You start teaching them about dialectics. You start teaching them about the Russian, the Chinese, the Vietnamese revolutions. You teach them about the Black Panther Party. You teach them about the AIDS crisis. You know, you teach them about the Stonewall riot. You do all these things and you get them involved. 
getting that, getting, so you don't need them all. You just need, you know, five, 10 of them, put five to 10 people, get the commitment from them. You know, if we all can do that, put that kind of work in, in every city in this country, we will have limitless potential to organize the masses toward this, to, towards solving this. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you something, um, Chairman Jake? Uh, really doesn't matter, but how, what's your age? How old are you? I am 23. Holy shit, you're amazing. I can't even respect, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, yes. I, I've had- How? At 23 I, and white? <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, that's why he's the chairman. I'm just saying. I don't like. Wow. I don't like praise uh, in that no, way. I know you don't. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I, I'm just. I, I'm just a person. A, a large part seems like I'm just like yelling into the void a lot of times. Uh, but any any kind of advancement in my development that I have, I owe that to countless people who I've worked with. You know what I mean? Same. I agree. Um, so. It's just that you absorbed it. You listened. You didn't just, uh, you put it into action. You didn't just keep talking about it. And you didn't whine and complain about your feelings. That's what I'm getting from a lot of young people who aren't 23, who are actually older, 28. And, uh, you know, as far as what's happening in Cop City, I've been on it, on it, on it. We have event and a security, uh, there's going to be security at the event that I've, I'm co-organizing tomorrow in Ypsilanti. And I am messaging all these young, young kids who claim to be against cops. Well, I have other plans. Well, the snow, well, this, well, that. This is what I'm dealing with, with these people. And they're, they're not 23. They're like 24 to 35. And I'm I like, mean, I, I got to one point where I was like, fuck your feelings. Fuck your fucking feelings. you'll see you'll see uh, you know especially with people this the internet is like it's the a plague and it's the best thing ever right like there's a dual prong to this but so many people are so alienated young people are so alienated by this system that they understand they've read everything what is to be done they've read on contradict they've read every fucking book you can read Mm -hmm. right and you can ask them any question about the material or about a historical situation and they can just rattle it off to you right but they're never out there right right and they know all about the long march but they're unwilling to make the commitment needed to fucking make the long march right they understand that what people have put themselves in the situations they put themselves in consciously right on the one hand and completely out of necessity on the other hand right with the you know people committing class suicide or you know, rising to the occasion as a revolutionary across history. They understand these things, but they're not willing to engage in that. And I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I think that there's just a lack of, there's, there's nobody they can really commit to that's on that level mm-hmm. near them, you know, mm-hmm. and a certain degree of that is actually earned mm-hmm. a certain degree of, of uh, willingness to commit is earned. Definitely, definitely. You know, through actually being out in the winter with homeless people, right? Or you know, having to you know having to hunt for your food or something like that. You know what I mean? These are skills that are that are earned. You know, 
So Agreed. it's a process. It's a process. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. We got 25 years till we're, fight, till we're fighting for water. Probably less, right? Probably less, climate, yeah. Climate. I mean, fuck, last year they were proposing piping water from the Mississippi out west. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. can and you imagine? Like, as Chairman Jake has, mentioned, has already said with the segregation and also the one percent the wealthiest, wealthiest classes, the 1% actually, are, are already blaming the poor for, uh, for the uh, climate, for climate destruction right now. And unless you go outside of mainstream media, they're not covering this at all. They're not covering capitalism as a problem. They, they keep saying it's population, 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 and they're blaming Africa and a lot of, the, a lot of other countries for uh, creating the problem with population. It's not population. Hell no, it isn't. This Hell no, it isn't. We grow enough food to feed 10 billion people and we throw away half of it. 100%, agreed. And the thing is, is that um, a lot of mainstream who don't help um, don't realize that. We, I keep hearing population control. And it's like, it's, it's very, very frustrating. The young, of course, they read every book. They know this, but putting it into action for them, they're very fragile. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm, I mean, my husband's an ER doctor. I'm, and even in college, we were training. I learned to shoot. I learned to shoot well because of AIDS, AIDS activism. We were doing the work. It just, yeah. You got to remember, I mean, the, the advancements technologically, the, you know, in this country, you just look back, you know, you talk to somebody who's 90, you know, something like that. I mean, they, they remember when, you know, it would, people didn't even really have like telephones in their homes, you know what I mean? And they had to do things to survive that young people today find unthinkable. And they didn't have a choice mm -hmm. and to talk to somebody mm -hmm. you had to go next door you had to speak to your family you were very you know there was a mass chasm between you and somebody far away mm -hmm. you know uh, and it's not that way now so a lot of times the vast majority of young people they're getting instant gratification from this connection with people that they can have anywhere in the world instantly mm -hmm. so they're already got their social they're, they're, and it's not real, it's fake, right? And they're addicted to it because there's a chemical involved in it in their brain. Mm -hmm. So there's that aspect of this going on. And then there's the, the, the standard of living that has increased for, if you're well-read, you're very likely coming from a middle-class background, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So majority, majority of these people are white, you know, they have all of their material needs met in some way or they have had experience in an upbringing where that was where that was the case mm -hmm. um and they haven't been out there struggling to survive you know they're comfortable. They're very comfortable they have no that, idea what they're that's where it comes from i think you know oh definitely definitely privilege has made them very comfortable and now they don't want to have privileged conversations because they think that never gotten anyone anywhere in the past. Actually, it's educated a lot of people on their privilege and realizing 
that yes, we have to build a white community. We have to build a pastor community in order exactly when the black, when the black community bypass black and native community, black community basically rises, we have to be there for them and get their back. But they don't see it like that right now. And the thing is, I think it's just lack of education. There's also a lot of liberal tendencies that are going out. Um, you know, uh, like oh, uh, some of it's actually the language. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of old head activists. Um, they this this term ally, for example. Oh God, yeah. If, I understand, and when I say there's levels of commitment, I would, or if you want to put a term to it, the lowest level is an ally, yeah. but it doesn't entail much. You know, we need to have deeper connections to each other. Comrade is the term that I use for Comrade, people who are closest yeah. to me. And it's some, a term that is more endearing than family. 100%. You know what I mean? That's somebody that I would actually trust with my life. Right. You know what I mean? And I've had my comrade offer to give me a bulletproof vest. I've had my comrades be willing to come and fix a broken down AC unit. I've had my comrades be willing to get me out of terrible financial situations, you know, and we would all do that for each other. And that is the connections that we need to have. And we need to have actual experience in the struggle. And this is something that only time is going to be able to get, is only going to set it, you know, only going to be able to set into motion. This generation alpha that's coming up mm -hmm. and my generation, yes. right? Yeah. We, we, we are conscious of the problems in society. We are by and large far more radical than millennials. Oh, you are. Right. I have two but, gen kids. Yes, for sure. But we lack the social practice. We lack the experience in the real world mm -hmm. to be able to put what we know into motion. And as this society begins to collapse, and it is, we will be able to organize ourselves more and more efficiently, you know? And that's what we all need to count on, you know, and actively try to try to build that world, you know, mm -hmm. so. 100% agree. I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with uh, your generation, I, I don't mean to make it a full uh, paintbrush across your generation, but I'm very impressed, especially when I see my two kids, uh, 16 and 21. And you're right, Alpha Gen is very different as well. Very radical in their thought process, but they're, they haven't been out there. These two generations have generational money and they are comfortable right now. So they don't know what to actually expect or see, except for the fact that they are conscious of the realization that we are heading towards climate destruction and they are gonna have to deal with it themselves. Um, I mean, my kids already know I'm gonna be dead in 20 years. It's something that's gonna be put, they know it's gonna be put straight on their shoulders. And I think a part of them are a little bit scared and a part of them wants to do as much as they can for the cause. But they just don't know how to do it because they real they haven't been out there. The liberalism that I mentioned, or I agree with yeah. you by the way. The liberalism and the climate situation is absolutely terrifying. We all recognize that we're inheriting a world that is collapsing. Mm -hmm. And that is there is a certain um 
And I don't know if the older generations really understand the kind of weight and depression and anxiety that that induces on us. Um, I don't, there's no way that we can, we can shake anybody into realizing that, right? But it's almost crippling. So the people who do know these, some of these things, right, are crippled by that, by that fear. And there's a certain nihilism that has come into the play as a result of it. Um, which is, a, you know, that is a, also some, some form of liberalism. It says defeatist, really, but the other thing is that the people who dominate the scene of activism, right? They're connected to these nonprofits. They're connected to the Democratic Party, right? And so they, and they use language. There's a there's a, like a postmodern tendency here that nothing has any meaning, and it's just how you use it, right? So they'll use the language of revolution, but it's just to lull you to sleep, mm -hmm. right? Um, so these terms like like ally or uh, boots on the ground, right? Boots on the ground means something, mm -hmm. right? And when we, when we were in the Iraq war, when, when somebody said boots on the ground on the air, for example, they're talking about soldiers in a, a war zone. You know what I mean? Putting troops there. When activists here use that term, they mean flyering for a candidate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or or putting up a tiny table somewhere and, you know, giving out like $50 worth of food. Yeah. That's yeah. not boots on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. You might be, you're in the right direction because you're trying to change the world. Mm -hmm. But that's not, it's it's not material. Man, we're lacking a material something, something of value here to people who are actually oppressed. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, so there's being slipshod in work, right? You got people who are just lazy. They don't want to be able to. They don't want to put in all that work, right? For whatever reason, you got people who don't want to follow what a collective has decided is the route to take mm -hmm. and they go off and do their own thing and it fucks everything up it creates a division mm -hmm. there's a sectarianism that comes out of it right then you get uh uh breakdown in efficiency of whatever you guys are working on because they're doing their own thing right you've got people who are want to talk more than they want to listen mm -hmm. that's a, another issue we all have something to learn from each other mm -hmm. i mean go on and on we we're not perfect my generation you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so I, I just want to make that clear as well you know and a lot of us aren't educated either right right what what is your background um i, I just i know you don't need accolades i'm just very i haven't met anybody like you around here uh, <laughs> well i okay so my dad was a steel worker u.s steel uh i come out of a uh mid to lower middle class background um and uh 
basically predominantly white community. It's segregated. Um, How did you get into this work then? And what age? Were you 16 like me? Because no, I was I was not that long ago. Uh, I was like 20. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, what ended up happening was, you know, I've had a long trajectory. My family was very right wing, like fascist almost mm -hmm. in the views. Uh, my dad had these, like he supported uh, uh, Netanyahu, for example, in Israel. Yeah. Like yeah. that's fucking extreme. That's yeah. like a level of fascist imperialism that's like, you know, it's unthinkable for me to, to think about sport now. But I come and I have family members who are actual, they have actual ideological Nazi views, mm -hmm. you know. So I come out of a background that is a, essentially a fascist background. And that was my worldview for about five years old up till 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. When I started having conversations with a close friend of mine who's an anarchist. Mm -hmm. um, and over the years, it, it was just a, a, a one step from the right over to the left at a time, you know, mm -hmm. figuring out that I was wrong, mm -hmm. you know, wow, and about something, you know, trying to fervently debate him to prove that I was right, mm -hmm. finding out that I'm wrong and there's nothing I could do about that and having to accept that and to eventually just not giving a fuck about being wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and to just take it, you know, let the wind take me where, where I, you know, I'm correct, where I have a belief that I agree with you know um in 2020 my workplace was shut down mm -hmm. uh because of the george floyd protest right nobody went to that protest except for me i didn't go home i went and, and went to that protest and from there it has been one thing after another yeah. so and i was already a socialist at that time you know yeah. Yeah. but it took something happening at work to get me to go out and do that so I was at George Floyd in Detroit. Um, it was, but there was a lot of us out there. Um, the only thing is a lot of us just weren't, and it was BLM run. So um, a lot of us, so I was one of the older activists. Um, I was with very young people who uh, were Gen Z, they're minors. And I stuck close with them. I was given that responsibility. So we didn't, we saw what was happening. We didn't get close though. Um, but there, that's just it. There are just so many, um, like I said, organizations like BLM created awareness, but they haven't um, been trained anybody. They could have taken this money and actually given money to activists, given them an hourly wage, trained them. Um, and they just didn't do any of that. Um, this movement could have actually, you know, it, it could have actually flown, I think. But uh, I, I like everything you say. I mean, how can we get in touch with you? And if we have questions, you, you are very busy. <laughs> and uh, I just want to keep a dialogue going with you uh, every love it every day but uh i know everybody's busy i work i get it but um well i i my facebook page is uh jake hansbury just my name so uh yeah. but 
you know, I, 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 we have a, you know, a solid cadre of ministers who they may not see it, but they're on, we're all on the same ideological level. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that just because of how, how much unity there is, how much we agree with each other. So I would prefer, you know, anybody who wanted to reach out would contact the actual page that we have, which is the White Panther Party. Okay. Um, because okay. any one of us and collectively together, you know, can give an opinion on anything of equal weight, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that thing, you know, just to answer your question. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. This is really good to know. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of other questions. I'm just very, uh, um, I feel very supported right now. You don't, you don't, <laughs> we got to, we got to talk about police brutality, man. See, I'm no, interested in hearing what you have to say about the statistics involved here. Okay, um, you're talking about statistics. So in particular, what what exactly are you asking? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. There's philosophy behind this too. Uh, like, what well, what is the academic read on this situation? What is the root cause here? What are, what are the statistics involved as a result of this epidemic? You know what I mean? Like to put it more specifically, I don't have like any specific direction to take it in. I just want to know more about the issue. Okay, so um, as far as the uh, pr police brutality, what I am seeing is that, and you, you're probably in agreement, is that the more and more information that is disseminated on the internet um, about history, whether it's, and because there's a huge wave of anti-racism and history going through Instagram and TikTok. A lot of people, a lot of young people are on these particular, um, you know, uh, platforms. Facebook is a very old platform with very old school ideas. You have more older people there who don't know what a lot of what's going on. The thing is, is that police brutality has always been there. It just hasn't been out there. This is nothing new. Police have been uh, war on drugs. Reagan. That was that was a total. Um, that was police brutality in its most insane, and people don't know that. Young black kids were getting arrested, killed, mostly arrested left and right, put in the prison system, and locked away. This was not on mainstream media. This was we didn't have internet back then, right? The history of police has been the right hand weapon of white supremacy, right-hand weapon of capitalism. In order to keep um, the masses from rising, because now they're seeing that there is actually going to be an uprising at some point, the wealthy classes that are owned by, uh, that, that, the, that own the two-party system in America, um, don't want that to happen. Look at the railway strike. Look at what's uh, happen happened with Amazon. Look what's happening with unionizing Starbucks uh, stores. Like these, these things weren't happening 
uh, or at least it wasn't being talked about. People don't realize that police were being used to crush Nunez. Um, and this is going back, we're talking going back hundreds of years. So what you're seeing now isn't an increase. It's just, it's always been there. It's just never been talked about. And there haven't been non-mainstream resources, both on YouTube and TikTok and, uh, and other platforms that have ever talked about it before because it was no internet. Now they're talking about it. Now you've got ch private chats that young kids are in and they're talking about it. And all of these, all of these platforms are being monitored by the 1%. There's no way that they're not. So basically what I'm seeing as far as this facility that is going up in Atlanta on uh, native land, $90 million put into it, they are preparing for that uprising. It's already, an uprising is already happening low key in Atlanta. Uh, um, there's a grassroots organization that's, that, that is anonymous. They haven't named it. Um, and basically it's, it's, it's a preparation for the future. And that's what I'm seeing as far as why you're, why you're seeing more supposedly police brutality. It's always been there. It just hasn't been talked about at all. People actually had a lot of faith in police uh, going through up until now. And even now, only 55% of America in these polls, however, um, see cops as a problem. And just, this is after Uvalde. This is after all kinds of, uh, after um, George Floyd, after Rodney King, I mean, after all these incidents, we're still brainwashed into thinking that police are our friends when they're not. And this is going back with propaganda. And I, you gotta remember, and you know this already, that cops up until 1968 were st still hanging black kids from trees. That was never photographed. That was never out in the media until white allies but back then they were actually allies white allies were getting into the fray of the civil rights movement these pretty boys were getting beaten up and they were putting themselves out there i mean the march on selma the first ally to put himself out there was a friend of um of representative lewis and uh he got out there and he got his ass beat he was in the hospital and he was the first white ally on Selma, he was the first guy to be to be beaten, and that made national news. So it's like it's like this wasn't being. And you got to remember, MLK's uh, civil rights movement was sixty-two percent of America, including the black community, didn't think there was anything wrong with the way uh, the black community was being treated. That's how propagandized. Um, we were in this in the in the 50s and 60s. So what we saw was a huge uh, worldwide change in 30 years from 1940 to 1974. The whole planet changed. You look at photographs from the 1930s in communities. Um, and the way of even the way the landscape of the of the of the planet 
in just that span of time, hundreds of years of progression happened in 30 years. And then it stopped. And I think we're going through another phase right now due to the internet. And, and the reason why it stopped, part of that is because a lot of black leaders were taken out. Malcolm X was taken out by the CIA. Two black men were, were, um, were blamed for it. They were freed recently because there was no connection between them or Malcolm, Malcolm X's death. MLK was taken out. Um, black Panthers were destroyed. Propaganda about the Black Panthers as being misogynistic on drugs. None of the lunch programs were ever brought out about what the Black Panthers were doing. The education they were doing. Even in, in Forrest Gump, they're, they're being shown as militant, misogynistic drug addicts. So when you have all this propaganda going on, no one's going to see the truth. Everybody's programmed, right? So... What you're seeing now is not an increase, like I said, it's just always been there. Statistically, I don't have all the statistics in front of me because I think I, I was told that we were going to be just talking about, I was going to be talking about more about um, what was happening in Cop City. But I can get you statistics, that's not, that's not an issue at all. The thing is, is that, like I said, it's just, I can't remember who was it, I think Bell Hooks said this before she passed, was she said that uh, um, nobody was listening. This has been around for hundreds of years. And the cop system, when you go from hanging kids from black kids from trees to now they're using black uh, men as faces to, for, for target practice. Nothing's, this is generational. This keeps going. This is taught in every police union. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not something new. I think the statistics as far as 2022 uh, being the the largest uh, cop killings of uh, citizens um, since the beginning nationwide is kind of biased in the sense that we don't have we didn't have those statistics before. No one no one cared before. Um, so I think. 2022 wasn't really uh, all that different from say 1942. We just didn't know it. You know, uh, one of the reasons why I came on here today uh, was I wanted to talk about a specific instance of uh, police murder uh, from my local area in Indiana. Mm -hmm. uh, this happened not even a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, man, man, his name is Edward Gant. Uh, 42 years old, he's a steel worker, mm -hmm. a black guy, he lived in Gary. Mm -hmm. um, the police were called to his house because mm -hmm. of a domestic dispute between him and his wife. And I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but uh, his partner. So now I don't know the specifics of that dispute, you know what I mean? And I'm not really all that interested in it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, because what happened was egregious. Mm -hmm. So the police respond. They got several phone calls that were, you know, that just hung up on them uh, on on the dispatcher. So the dispatcher sent out these officers. The officers showed up at the home, and the uh, the girlfriend or wife came running out of the house, and she was saying that he's got a gun and he's making threats. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, they call in a SWAT team and they have a standoff happen for like two or three hours, right? And he eventually came out of the home with the gun held to his head and he got in his car. Mm-hmm. And then the cops surrounded the car, their guns drawn, probably yelling something on the effect of put the gun down, put the car in park, whatever it is, right? And then they killed him. No questions asked, just executed him. That is a state execution. That is an extrajudicial extrajudicial killing. Mm -hmm. That is something that you see in a fascist country. And we live in a fascist country. And we have courts and they're not fair. And this concept of blind justice is a false concept because no real justice can truly be blind. No, no justice should be blind. Mm-hmm. Justice should take into account all things, including what people look like. We have courts in this country. We have judges in this country that are by and large racist, misogynist, you know, asshole, the male-dominated profession of people, right? 100%. Um, we look at Rittenhouse's case. That was a Democratic right. judge. Right. It could be, you know, yeah, exactly. And they're political. That's another thing here uh, as well. Is we had, you know, so there's all these different things that, that, you know, go into the judges too. But the point is, is we have them. Mm-hmm. We have juries, which mm-hmm. are by and large, especially in cases like this, white dominated juries mm-hmm. who are racist or, you know, misogynist in some way or another. They have some kind of a tendency that should have gotten them thrown out as a juror in the first place, but they're put on anyway because they get to pick people, you know, amounts of people. Point is that it's not a fair system, but we have it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not being used. Mm-hmm. You're getting people who are who are being executed by the state, right? Mm-hmm. By special groups of people who reinforce property relations. Specifically targeting specific communities, mm-hmm. creating a genocide. Mm-hmm. 100%. And nobody is being tried for these crimes. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the crimes they commit. Mm-hmm. Because if it did, mm-hmm. there would be juries and judges involved, or plea mm-hmm. deals, or whatever you have right now that white people get treated to. Mm-hmm. That's what would happen. Mm-hmm. So there's no justice in this system. There's no crime element to it. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what crime these people committed, because there's no there's no way that they can they they're being judged for what they've done. So as far as I'm concerned, when somebody talks about a criminal aspect in a police murder, it's completely fucking irrelevant. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Look. Well, yeah. Actually, just to pull in another like ongoing thing tomorrow it's expected that the body cam footage from the beating of Tyree Nichols Mm -hmm. uh, will be released and you know the the sheriff's department basically said that a response is justified but it should make sure to keep the safety of the community basically it was like a a be peaceful thing but like when is anybody ever going to tell the fucking pigs to be peaceful correct with yeah. that specific statement too, that department also came out and said that they're expecting 
uh, actions beyond protest because yes. of the nature of that video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you have five uh, officers who have been, who are, who are now under arrest. Mm-hmm. Notice the victim of the crime was not placed under arrest. Notice yeah. the victim of the crime was not judged by a jury of his peers. Notice that the victim of that crime, right, emphasis on that, was not subjected to any legal process in this system at all. Right. They were brutalized and and and, and died, succumbed to the injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a poll when George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. They polled Fox News viewers, mm-hmm. and uh, eight out of ten Fox News viewers mm-hmm. viewed that as an illegal police murder. Within two weeks, it was four out of ten. Mm-hmm. So you can expect that the media, in whatever capacity it will cover these impending protests, these impending riots as a result of this. Mm-hmm. It's going to skew and obfuscate the issue in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're also going to have the conservatives that are like, oh, well, why don't you uh, follow the footsteps of Martin Luther King Jr. and be nonviolent or whatever? But two things to say to that. Uh, first of all, they killed him. Mm-hmm. And second, he also said that a riot is the language of the unheard. Mm-hmm. Oh, he wasn't against riots, actually. He just... um he 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 knew that with where the country was at and he was only getting 38 percent of support and he knew he wasn't getting enough support in the country at all but he also knew he didn't need it right and for where we were at in the country having something militant um on on his side any pushback from his side was going to be seen exactly how victims are seen now of police brutality. Their look, their, if they have a police record, um, if they had a gun on them, guns are, these weapons are planted. Um, and, and MLK knew that there couldn't be uh, any kind of question as far as credibility on their side because they weren't in a, uh, a dynamic or a time where that could, actually that a pushback from their side could actually be seen as um justified even now it's not justified forget forget back then so um militancy is is required go ahead sorry sorry no i'm the one interrupting (laughs) ethically speaking fucking justified but in the public's eye they're like oh no why didn't you just stand there and let the pigs kill you or beat you what Malachi was trying to show was that the police don't even without weapons even standing still even with just signs he was being beaten he was being arrested as were the other uh civil rights uh demonstrators and that caught on and th- what changed was that people were seeing this and they were seeing oh my gosh they're young. They don't have anything on them. In Selma, you had one white guy and five black young men and all of these cops with their weapons drawn. 
And this made national news in just newspapers. And that just changed the perception of the public perception completely. They saw this as just a travesty. They started seeing exactly what was happening. And that changed everything. The problem is now because they have paramilitary weapons, because they have the, um, the uh, they've always had the backing of the state because the police is the, is the private army of the state. Um, and because we have this prison system now that can hold a lot of people and lock them away, um, things have changed. So militancy is definitely required now. Um, it's just, like I said before, um, these kids don't know how to be militant yet. They don't know what that means. I want to say that in, I believe, I, roughly speaking, 21 states in this country, it is not illegal for, well, it's not illegal to own a gun, right? Mm -hmm. But you have open carry laws for Correct. long guns specifically. Mm -hmm. In 11 states, and in, you know, in 11 states, you have open carry uh, for handguns. You don't need a permit. Yeah, Michigan's one of them, yeah. Indiana's one of them, right. Mm -hmm. It's not illegal to own a gun. It's not illegal to possess a firearm. Mm -hmm. It is illegal to brutalize somebody based on the color of their skin, mm -hmm. to unfairly subject them to the weight of the law based on the fact that they have committed no crime with a firearm. Mm -hmm. That is illegal. It is not a justification for murdering somebody when somebody has a gun on them. Mm -hmm. Well, it's to not go back to, to they have drugs. Mm -hmm. To go back to George Floyd, he was executed by the police for a counterfeit bill that he probably that probably wasn't even fucking counterfeit. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, the, the connection as far as community, as far as Chairman Jake has mentioned, is that the person who called in that counterfeit bill was a person of color. Now, you have a person of color calling in such a stupid thing for nothing. I mean, whether it's counterfeit or not, it's a $20 bill. I mean, get over it. You don't have to call the cops on this. You, at, the very, at, the, at the very least, you know cops as a, as a convenience store owner. You know cops escalate things. They don't protect anybody. And this is a person of color. You protect each other. Don't call the cops on this. But not only that, his whole entire police record was out there, right? Um, you know, supposedly he went away for five years for threatening a, a pregnant woman while he was robbing her or something, right? It has nothing to do with, with, how, with what happened and how he was executed. There's corporate raiders everywhere who are ruining lives. Heads of corporations, including, including of course, Bezos. And they're not, they're not being called out for that at all. And the thing is, it's just... No one's actually looking at the incident itself and realizing even if the dude is running away with a gun and running away from cops, you let them run away. I mean, you don't go after them and try to shoot them. That, especially if you have a license plate number, especially if you know who they are, you can show up at their house. It's just, cops are there to protect the 1%. The wealthiest class, 
There is only the working class, us, and the wealthiest class, two classes. And they basically propagandize into thinking, propagandize into thinking that there's the lower class, there's the poor, there's a middle class, there's the upper middle class. No, if you work, you're the working class, period. But the problem is, is now they like the sense, they want the sense of classism in within the working class, right? Because when you have when you have this uh, this uh, dynamic of uh, you know poor work middle class lower middle class whatever you have that sense of entitlement right especially for up up the fringe wealthy of the upper middle classes so they don't realize that they are no different than they are with the working class that we are being played and. Um, it's just something that isn't being realized yet. Um, it is being realized in Gen Z and Alpha. It is being realized with young millennials, but people with power, people who are actually uh, sticking up for the wealth, for the 1%, um, they're gonna cause a lot of damage in the next 20 years. And we're talking uh, climate destruction. Our human species is at risk in less than 25 years. And it's not gonna be um a switch it's going to be civil wars it's going to be social uh there's going to be a huge upright uprising and the police are going to be used to murder more activists and more young people who are rising well yeah not to mention you know uh the fbi department of homeland security the national 100%. guard 100 percent of homeland was called in into portland you can put away four or five for that alone they're not supposed to be used for the for uh for uh citizens of the united states not at all this is illegal you could have put them away for that alone and the only thing that we have seen is that uh, and the only part of politics i want to say is, is is that i the public needs to see that politicians are never going to hold each other accountable this is all a charade, charade and this is like we, we are being played as puppets and that's the thing um i'm just seeing a lot of ignorance out there i'm seeing a lot of program people luckily not in young millennials gen z or alpha but again young millennials feel hopeless it's all about their feelings you know uh sherry hankala has something that she says often mm -hmm. that Every time uh, she looks at one of her neighbors or she looks at one of her friends, mm -hmm. uh, she feels like she's looking at uh, a clock like ticking down mm -hmm. because she's lost so many people yeah. to opiates, to murders, to you name it. You know. In Chicago, I remember her specifically talking about the opioid crisis, police brutality, um there was something else but i mean it amounts to it, it amounts to genocide at the end of the day oh, for sure she she was saying that she 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 whenever whenever she goes to a space she gets criticized for taking pictures with people mm -hmm. right but she only does that because she doesn't know if she's going to ever see these people again when she wakes up in the morning right you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to think of how tragic a statement like that is. Mm -hmm. To recognize that she comes out of Kensington, uh, Pennsylvania, you know, 
Um, and, you know, I don't if anybody who hasn't seen photographs of places like Needle Park, uh, seen what the, the housing situation Kensington looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you should look it up. Well, Cabrini Green in Chicago. I mean, um, exactly what you described. Um, that's Chicago. That's uh, the mayor of Chicago is a blue mayor. I mean, it's crazy. It's, um, yeah, I'm just, basically, well, I'm going to take everything that you you said to heart, Chairman Jake, because everything you said is exactly what we need to be doing. I had a wider point to, mm-hmm. to make there. Yeah. Um, it's that, because you were talking about Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. That's what made me think about this. You may not know this, but there is a Fred Hampton, you know, right across the street from you. There's a Fred Hampton two doors down. You know what I mean? There's probably thousands of people who are able to potentially put in the kind of work that he put in. And a lot of these people that you see being killed on the news are a Fred Hampton a potential Fred Hampton. And understanding that in the most oppressed places in this country, people cannot afford the privilege to do nothing. They cannot afford the privilege of taking for granted a photograph that they've taken with another person that they know. And understanding that we have to elevate ourselves. We have to think higher of ourselves. We have to get a consciousness in our communities. 100%, 100%. That understands that situation, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I love the back and forth that has happened between the two of you through this whole show. I mean, I feel like like Zen and I have just been like sitting here, you know, just taking it in. <laughs> I like and, this guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. Like hearing you two bounce ideas back and forth is really uh, inspiring. I honestly have been just absorbing his ideas and just playing off of uh, what Chairman Jake has been saying. Honestly, um, I'm going to use it. I'm going to keep in touch. You. I'm going to follow the page as well. You know, uh, I wish Shaka were on here. Yeah, um, he was supposed to be. He said he was going to be running late, but I still haven't heard from him. Because we have a crucial perspective that we're missing here. And that is the targeted perspective. Mm-hmm. You know? We have to do this again. Because Cop City is going to get worse. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it really is. And in Atlanta and Portland has joined the Atlanta um, uh, protests in, in solidarity. Detroit hasn't yet. And part of the reason why I think it hasn't is because it's become a completely blue state. It's uh, majority blue. Um, so uh, none of this is being talked about. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, that being said, um, I was I was kind of thinking when we like set this up that the conversation was going to revolve more around Cop City. Um, but that's OK. The more broad scale discussions that we've had today, I think, are probably more useful. Well, Cop um, City is, I think, backing up on what um, Chairman Jake has said, Cop City is just a symptom of a, a very large problem. So um, and that is the biggest problem is the wealthism I, I see at least and uh the fact that the wealthy own uh and we're talking about the one percent own the media when we see like time magazine in fact is under the same umbrella as another conservative media source right and it's under the umbrella i, I can't remember which there's six media companies that own 95 yeah. percent of media in this country exactly, exactly. And those and those corporations are all one percent. And um, I mean, look, the activists that died at, at uh, on Native Land at Cop City, uh, protesting Cop City, um, his death happened. Uh, the Guardian first um, um, talked about it and put it out there, and it was brutal. They were really brutal as far as what it, what was being said, as far as how good this kid was, right? And that was six days ago. People didn't even know what was happening. I was just talking to my friend in Atlanta. Now, granted, he doesn't read a lot of news, but he didn't. He's in Atlanta, and he didn't know this was happening. How can you not know this is happening? This has made national news. This movement is going everywhere. It's bizarre to me how much everybody seems to be under a rock. So, I just. Uh, I just appreciate everything you said, but we are missing this other perspective, obviously, from the Black Panther Party. Um, I want to do this again. I don't know what your schedule is like, Chairman Jake. I mean, I'm I work with my car, so I'm always available as far as this kind of thing goes. Okay. All right. And that way we can get out, we can get it out more. Like the scope. I didn't realize Chairman Jake was gonna be here tonight. Um but that, that would be like a huge thing to put out there. Um, you know, the head of the White Panther Party. I mean, it, considering what you've told me about the history in Michigan, I'm going to look it up. I just want to put it out there. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, I mean, the next time we get together, which I would hope is because this is going to be an ongoing discussion. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of already has been, but it's kind of just evolved into this. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, we've been talking about like bits and pieces of it at a time, but we haven't ever really sat down and like done a deep dive on the systemic issues. And I'm glad that both of you could be here for it, honestly. Um, you guys should set up a panel. Um, different representatives of uh, Rainbow Coalition and other organizations outside of it too because mm -hmm. uh you know you 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 you're gonna all all of us are gonna see that we all have so many different points of unity on all these different issues you know mm -hmm. um and it, that conversation would be far more you know it would show yeah. far more you know if we had all the different communities represented speaking out, out on an issue like this mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and i'm not yeah, talking we about should, um, we should absolutely do that um 
You're not talking who? Uh, I'm not talking about uh, the the uh, board of you know. I know. Got it. Five hundred one. You know, I'm talking about people who are fucking troopers. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's the that's what we we really need that that voice on it. You know, and have the family members too who have lost loved ones mm -hmm. to this. Their voice needs to be central. Mm -hmm. You know, but we need we need to have like a big round table discussion on this mm. for sure Definitely. yeah and of course we're more than willing to host that um if you have uh if either of you have any suggestions for people to invite to that um obviously you know let us know or reach out to them on your own i'm gonna reach out and I can, um i got two uh two people i got in mind you talk to and i can do this for you if you want you talk to kwame He's working directly with the family in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Just a few few months ago, mm -hmm. you know, uh, somebody was brutally murdered in, in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. There's also Rafa. He he's mm -hmm. working with the families in Uvalde. Some of those families are joining the Brown Berets. Right. And I mean, you know, honestly, I could listen to Rafa talk all day, just like I could listen to Shaka talk all day. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm saying the people that they that they're connected to, because the family yes. members, you know, and the family members of Uvalde, you know. Yes. Definitely. Yes. But those are direct connections that I can provide to to roundtable discussions. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that Shaka probably has a couple too. Um, Absolutely. It's not like, like police brutality doesn't exist in Newark. Yeah. Oh, Newark. Oh my God, it's horrible there. <laughs> yeah. From what I've read, at least. As far as Uvalde, not only that, these 400 cops were just sitting around waiting and hearing the screams. They weren't even allowing parents to just go in there. These are their kids. They arrested parents. They that, arrested. That, uh, they arrested a Mexican woman and she was she is from Mexico. And of course, she's going to go in and get her kids. They arrested her. She convinced uh, the the arresting cop in the SWAT squad car to let her go. She left. She left, went straight into the school, got her kids out. I mean, it's why? I mean, it's bizarre. I. Not, just Those cops should have handed their firearms and their body armor to the parents. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Tell you what, I would take up a community. I would rather have a community defense force well armed to the teeth, consisting of those friends and family members uh, who went to that school. Right. Over the fucking Uvalde Police Department. 100%. Oh my gosh. 100%. I thought that that was going to lead to like a resurgence in the anti-police brutality movement, really, because, I mean, it really put on display how ineffective they are in a real emergency. 18. And it's not the first time. Mm -hmm. What was it? Sandy Hook. They did the same it, shit. It, it, and not only that, not only is it not the first time, it's 200 times. Here's like, we're going back to 1999, right? Um so 1999 up till now, uh, I'd done the research at the time and I can't remember every single uh, um, school uh, that had a shooter where uh, police did nothing. Um, 200 since 1999.
it's something that the public doesn't know or just conveniently uh, forgets after the incident happens. Americans have a very short-term memory. Yeah. I think the world does. And part of that is being distracted. Social media. It's not even, in general, not just social media, Amazon. People <laughs> are buying and just looking online for ways to get distracted. And the, uh, I'm not against dating or dating apps. Sex is a huge thing right now. Sex, uh, Tinder, all of these apps. And I'm not against them. Look, I'm not against, but they're all distractions. I mean, there's a reason why all these things are happening and we have all these distractions at the same time. I think, um, is uh, Chairman Jake still there? Yeah, he turned off his video. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. You guys have anything more? <laughs> I mean, not really. What do you um, think, I can talk on these issues infinitum. Yeah, for you sure. Know. For sure. Let's set up a panel. I mean, it's your show. <laughs> um. Well, I mean. I'll do the reach out too. Uh, if uh, if um, Comrade Jake, um, Chairman Jake has a uh, has any names, if you want me to, I'll reach out to them. If you don't have time, Chairman Jake. Uh, yeah, we can uh, we can we can work that out. Um, okay. I think that we should try for next week. Um, I okay. will have my work schedule on Saturday. Okay. So I, I'll be able to give you a definite date then, but it'll probably be Thursday. Um, that's okay. that's the date that's been working for us lately. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I know that I'll be able to, you know, if you want to do a similar uh, discussion where we have Shaka here, I know that I'll be able to do that. It's probably going to take longer than a week for me to get all these people, cats, herding cats. They're all busy as hell in their community, you know. True, true. But getting everybody agreed on a date, uh, what is it? Let's see. It's the 26th. Uh, we have a big meeting with these with a lot of these people that I'd, I'd want to bring on here coming up. So I'll let you I'll let you know more about that as uh, as it develops. But we definitely need to have that. And yeah. How about I'm just looking at the calendar here. I'm probably going to go with a, a Thursday because, like I said, that's usually what's been working for all of us. What about um, February 2nd? That's good with me. Actually, no, that's next week. You said you wanted more time than that. How about for, February for, 9th? For a, a bigger discussion. Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know yet. I think uh meeting's on the 11th, so. Okay, so the 16th. It's going to be an ongoing thing. We'll, we'll, we'll have to decide that uh, outside of this. Uh, yeah, but if, that's if fair. But if you do want to have a, another uh, broadcast with just uh, Shaka, me, you know, and... Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I think in a week's time we could probably still get a couple more people on. Um, mm -hmm. Probably, probably, yeah. We could definitely pull on an extra couple people, yeah. Yeah. If it'll help but, facilitate it, I can hop into Facebook and make a group chat with the four of us, as well as like Kwame and Shaka, and then you guys can invite the other individuals you're talking about wanting to bring to the table into that chat as well, so we can uh, collaborate and figure this out. All right, uh, I'll let me talk to Kwame first before you add him, because uh, I don't know he he might have 
a lot on his plate right now. I just got to make sure he's all right with that. Yeah. But. Yeah. I would, I would tend to agree actually, cause he's been trying to, um, you know, help high Thurman organize the East coast, um, principled unity book tour for the second rainbow coalition right which uh comma i I know you said you're from um the east coast um there's obviously not any uh michigan stops on the east coast of the book tour but i think that that would be uh you know if you happen to be on the east coast um you know late march networking with them would probably be a really uh overall beneficial thing that would be amazing um late march right i can yeah in late march definitely i'm not not sure about boston specifically but i know i'll look look where they're at yeah i was gonna say the dates haven't been announced yet because they're still being finalized but i know it's going to be the last weekend or the last week sorry of march okay um and i know they're going to pennsylvania dc new york city Mm -hmm. and a few other places Okay. So, yeah. Which I mean, hopefully, we'll be covering at least one of the stops of the book tour um, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that aren't able to come out, but yeah, it's. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It seems like a lot of really good networking happened on the um, West Coast book tour a couple of months ago. So I'm excited to see what comes from the East Coast tour. Mm -hmm. definitely all right um i mean we can still do next thursday but we can talk about something else but i mean i i think we should do what we originally intended to do tonight i think that we should dive deeper into the cop city Mm -hmm. um situation okay which Uh, also i'd kind of like to write up a solidarity statement you know like with the input of the rest of the podcast people, obviously, but uh, Trisha and I talked about that earlier today, but we obviously didn't make it happen. <laughs> right, right, right. It was just double of the double today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, if you want to talk about Cop City, what are what specifically are the questions? Um, I don't know that I really have specific questions, but basically, you know, the the background of. Um, the excuses they're giving why they need to build Cop City, um, why people are against it. Um, oh, the, the controversy behind the murder. I mean, you know, everybody that knows the victim claims that there's no way that could have been how that went down. And I tend to oh, believe no. them over the police. Right. No, not at all. In fact, witnesses, like I said, he had permission of the elders to be on the native land because he was, uh, he has he has worked in Florida. He's worked all over, actually, for um, for uh, forest restoration and keeping native land native land. So uh, he's also a medic, and he had permission to be on native land uh, by the el- by elders. From what I haven't ga- I haven't gathered yet. I was looking to see if they had a warrant to raid this particular section that he was in and why would they need to there were no military weapons found there was one handgun down found a smith wesson handgun that he purchased in 2020 illegally he had it with him and like i said supposedly 
um, a cop who has not been named yet was had a flesh wound, flesh wound, and supposedly the bullet came from um, the victim's gun. And the cop was let out the same day from the hospital, flesh wound. So, but witnesses said that the only thing they heard, they didn't hear first shot. They had, they heard a rain of bullets come down on a 26 year old kid. Autopsy hasn't come out yet. We don't know anything about what has happened to his body. We, we don't know anything. They aren't releasing anything. And just remember a cop's re uh, press release is not an article. It's a cop's press release, right? People seem to take that as biblical and it's not fact. It's their version of what happened and their version is completely skewed, obviously, to protect themselves. So right, right now there's an independent a call from the elders for an independent investigation. And he was an, he was an environmental activist, okay? He didn't speak out about anything except for the environmental activism. And environmental activism is the most inclusive thing available, like the most inclusive thing. So people don't want to talk about police brutality. They don't want to talk about this, but talk about that because they, they're scared or they want to keep friends. Environmentalism is the big thing. Well, here you got an environmental activist right here. And he's dead from cops. And I don't hear anything from little softies who are so-called environmentalists. But the environmental community itself, the eco community is saying right now that this is unprecedented. They have never seen an environmental activist being shot in a rain of fire by cops. This has never happened before. So, I mean, what they're trying to do, and there's no footage. Cops saying there's no footage available. How's and I don't buy that for a goddamn no, minute. Most definitely there is, definitely. But they want to pin this one, I'm sorry. Did every one of them just go boop and shut off their body cams at the same time in mass? I know. <laughs> well, not only that, the, this these body cams get streamed into a, into a system that's not supposed to be um, tampered with, right? How do, you, how do we know it's not being tampered with? We don't know. Um, and honestly, there was footage. It supposedly was brutal, but now it's not being released or they're, and they're claiming that they don't have it. They're actually claiming that they don't have it. So, and not only that, go ahead. Is this anybody? Someone was gonna say something. Okay, so not only that, we're calling them the Atlanta Six. There's six quote unquote domestic terrorists that were um, arrested. They were all young white kids and they didn't have weapons on them. Supposedly they had bombs on them. Bombs, really? These kids were like- I mean, if anything, Molotov cocktails, and I don't really even buy that given the I circumstances they were in. No, I don't buy that either at all. And so right now, um, so the event I'm going to tomorrow, we're trying to raise funding for their legal team. They're really gonna need one. The judge has already said in court, he said he's called them violent. And he said that we don't have uh, we don't have um, tolerance for violence from the from the citizens of this community. He hasn't called out the cops at all. Wow. It's just it's 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 um it's not a shocker. I wasn't shocked at all. What I was like upset about was just the mere fact of the that this 
this judge it hasn't even addressed the fact that why they were out there to begin with you know they weren't there to cause mayhem they were there speaking out against deforestation of native land they were speaking out about a young activist who was one of us who was killed assassinated so why were they there judge didn't even like address that issue of course not he probably sees it as outside of his um the the things that he should care about i think the judge is trying to protect himself right these are all, all elected positions so um and honestly uh as uh, chairman jake has said that uh most people do not vote most people can't don't have access to vote and the vote doesn't matter anyways so basically it's 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 public opinion right and the public opinions on the side of cops right now i mean 55% of americans don't like cops that doesn't take a lot to shift to like 30% don't like cops right even after Uvalde. I post a lot about Biden and a lot about what what he, how much money he's put into cops and I still get pushback from people who claim that not all cops are bad. And I'm like any good cop supposedly that speaks out there's evidence planted on him to get him arrested and imprisoned or he or she is hightailed it out uh, is beaten basically they're not part or they're forced to deport they're forced to quit at some point so yeah i mean effectively they're silenced they're silenced definitely so all cops are bastards yes definitely yeah part is a lot of people aren't wanting to take a look at the big picture with this when it comes to the fact that correct me if i'm wrong but i believe this was supposed to to be leading towards a national police training center. It is not a local issue if they are using that as a national fucking militarization of police training facility. $90 million. $90 million. And this was backed by Home Depot, Delta, Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase. You gotta remember, um, and Chick-fil-A, all of these organizations are uh, are invested into by both parties, by the people in both parties. Right. So yep. essentially, in this, both parties are backing backing uh, this ninety million dollar project. And yes, it'll be the largest training center. Not only that, like I said before, um, uh, the head of the Department of Interior who has the authority to take native land and use it for governmental pur- governmental purposes is native appointed by Biden. She hasn't said one word. And they are taking 300 acres of native land and destroying the forestation in in that area to create Cop City on native land. So, and not only is this native land, it's sacred native land. And uh, and that means that certain ceremonies are done by the by elders on this particular area of the land. It's bizarre that people aren't up in arms just for the mere fact that 11 million natives were barbarically barbarically uh, um, murdered in America, 
and then put on reservations that are being taken from them now. Not only that, these native lands have their own policing. They have their own resident uh, res police themselves. Regular cops aren't even supposed to come on their, their lands without some kind of warrant or something that says that they are allowed to be there. I don't I haven't seen a warrant. I don't even know where they got the idea to be to be there in the first place. And well, part I mean, of the thing, even thanking the tribal police for the help. So that makes me wonder what the fuck all went down there. What'd you say? Part of the statement that those Atlanta PD or adjacent whatever uh, that they put out was actually thanking the tribal police for the help with this. So I really want to know what the fuck um, went down tribal, there. Tribal police are also um, um, corrupt, right? I mean, uh, they're well, being tribal not- governments in general are based off of our system of government 100%. and are therefore corrupt from the bottom to the top just like you know the u.s system that it mimics mm-hmm. well the tribal police are a are a group that may not be connected with this particular um you know native sect of people who have this land right they're just a, a huge they're an organization just like any other cop organization right so they are uh they're they're in this connection too. They're getting paid off too. Everybody's in this. So, um, and like I said, the elders uh, have already uh, sent out anonymous videos on YouTube, on TikTok, detailing um, the victim's uh, life, detailing that they want an independent investigation. Um, detailing the fact that there was no warrant and they there was no invitation to be on 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 native land from the from GBI, FBI, and uh, the Atlanta PD. We're talking like I think forty cops were there. It was insane. I mean, the, we only have a couple of pictures, but the pictures of these cops just standing around after the shooting was just bizarre. Yet there's no pictures of the victim yet. There's no pictures of his body yet. And we don't know, like, we don't know how, how many bullets were rained into him. We don't know anything. Yeah. That information isn't out there yet. And his, he was killed six days ago. Yeah, it's absolutely um, unacceptable. And then, you know, Tyree Nichols. Um, the family's attorney said basically that he was used as a human pinata. Um, I forget exactly what the family said, but they talked about how brutal and terrifying it was too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but yet the, the mainstream media is just talking about how these cops have been charged, but okay. So you got five black scapegoats, but you're not making any systemic changes. You're going to pin it on the individuals rather than pin it on the system that created those individuals. Mm -hmm. Totally. And police unions, cop unions are, um, just organized crime and they're just armies of the state. And that's what the state has created armies, armies with the backing of the state and the backing of the public to be able to murder people.
I mean, not to be too inflammatory here, but the police forces in the U.S. are basically brown shirts. The police force all over the world are yes a are a problem. Just because you take away guns from um, police officers in, in the U.K. doesn't mean they're going after uh, marginalized communities, like the Muslim community. Um, it's just their ways of uh, of dealing with it are different. They're not as uh, barbaric, but part of the reason why we're so barbaric is we are a superpower. We, our hegemony is all over the world. So we want to keep that power. And the best way to keep that power is to keep it in the hands of the 1% and not allow anyone to rise. So, yeah. um, because once the, once basically the working class and the poor rises, there is the, the whole system gets destroyed. The problem is what are we going to replace it with? But that's just, that's just, we don't know. I mean, I'm going to be dead by then. Who knows? I don't see this. I mean, until climate destruction is actually in our faces, I don't think this is going to change. I wanted to. I, I have some hope, but I honestly don't think people are going to really wake up and stop normalizing this shit until it's water and essentials and everything else is right in their faces. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, that being said, though, we are well over two hours now. Um, wow. Okay, that went by fast. Didn't it though? Yeah. It I mean, it, it happens. I mean, sometimes in the past we've done, you know, well, we used to call them three-hour tours because we were trying to, you know, shoot for like an hour and a half to two hours, and it would always be like three plus hours. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of this that we can just table for next week, honestly, um, yeah, because this is. Well, we've been saying for a while, this is an ongoing discussion. And right. I mean, honestly, it's about damn time that we just sat down and had this talk. Mm -hmm. um, and I really yeah. want to continue it. It's been super productive. Definitely, definitely. Just let me know what the topic is. Um, if we're going to continue this next time or... Uh, um, I mean, I think we are, and I think we're not going to do it for at least a little while, right? Because we have to get a panel, we have to get the people in order, right? So. Yeah, I mean, we can, uh, Zan sh said she was going to set up a group chat with all of us. I think yeah, that's, that's probably the best Let's do um, next step. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> this is probably going to end up being its own series. There's, I mean, the conversation on it's literally never ending. We're talking about uh, you know, decades and decades of the same fucking issues. And we're talking about, um, we're, we're talking about how we can change these things. And that's really what's important. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I kind of forgot what I was going to say there for a second, but yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, Zen. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I was saying, like, hopefully these conversations help to light a fire under the asses of some of the people watching, and, you know, they bring more people to start watching and listening, and we can actually start recruiting from there, and 
organizing so that we can actually have that, you know, 3% you were referring to earlier as the critical mass. I, I agree with you. We don't need to have a huge majority. We need to have enough people to actually put these things into action and start making the changes in our communities that need to happen. So maybe this or, can help carry or, it. Or we shut it down. 3.5 million people can definitely shut down everything. Once you shut down everything, everybody's the wealthy classes are the wealthy well the wealthest are at their knees you shut down yep. wall street you shut down every uh city organization it 3.5 million um i mean across the across the entire the united states and not all in one place can do a lot of damage to the system i know what do you think um chairman jake I think we're going to need to involve everyone. And, you know, you, we can get a lot done. Three, if we had 3 million people who were dedicated to this, willing to put their lives on the line for it, we could probably, I suck could get us all the way there. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we do enough damage where that will go down in, in U.S. history as on par, even probably, a bigger event than the U.S. Civil War, if you if you if you think about what kind of things that many people could achieve. But what really what really needs to happen, and this is long long term. I don't know how long. Just depends, you know. It's like uh, Lenin said, uh, there are uh, decades when nothing happens, yeah. and then there are weeks where a decade ha decades happen. Well, yeah, those thirty exactly. years. 1940 to 1974. We need to hundreds of years of pro of social progress in three decades. We need to make revolution a family activity. Hundred percent. Amen to that. Vietnamese Vietnamese people, for example, had women hiding firearms and in using firearms. Children throwing grenades and using mortars. They, I mean, I go on and on, and it's it's that's the necessity of their condition. They're they're being genocide was being perpetuated upon them by thirteen different sides, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, most of their country was destroyed. So that was necessitated. We're not in that position. We probably won't ever be in that kind of a position. But there's nothing I can I can see I can see skateboard kids handing out newspapers while they're while they're doing their thing having fun you know what i mean i can see athletes using their position as an able-bodied person who can do incredible athletic things as a, a a mouthpiece for revolution using those trophies the 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 press they get locally and nationally for that cause i can see musicians musicians i can see all the young people all of the all of the old older people all the workers i can see people who are in gangs i can see all of us coming together and achieving something that will go down in world history mm -hmm. i can see i can see this generation 
the next couple generations as well uh coming down in history as the greatest rep force for revolution that there ever was yeah you know mm-hmm. and that's really what needs to happen right definitely just want to close out by saying there's work being done on this issue getting some of getting you know as many family members who have been affected by police brutality who somebody has been victimized in their family getting them together to go to the UN uh, with charges of genocide against Mm the U.S. there's work being done on that Um, well yeah and you know that it would be backed by Vietnam and Cuba I mean, for starters. Mm-hmm. Right. And putting an international uh, view on this, it already has support from the masses everywhere. You know, when George Floyd was killed, there was protests all over the world. It wasn't just here. Um, yeah. But I don't think people in other countries really understand the extent of the issue. So I wanted to say that. Um, I forgot what the other thing was, though. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So group chat. Yeah. Together once we sign off of here. And thanks, uh, and thanks for inviting me, and thanks, um, Chairman Jake, for the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you both for joining us. This has been fucking awesome. Very productive conversation. I hope everybody who's out there in the audience has gleaned a lot from this. Uh, I know I certainly have. I'm so, glad. And this was connect. recorded, so I'll share it from your from the site too. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I can. Uh, I I can. Um, what in the hell was I just gonna say? Um, I can like share you like yeah. a YouTube link if that's better, no, or I, I can, can like. Okay. Yeah. No worries. Also, I just wanted to let you know, comma that. Uh, my i shared this as well so it sh- should say my name on there it should have the white panther party page on there too so yeah. okay awesome and you're and you're on facebook too so i can find you okay yeah. all right until next time i guess <laughs> yep have a great evening all right all power guys power to the people <laughs> bye Why is there no sound? Oh, because it's muted. Huh? Why is there no sound? Why is it fucking freaking out? Oh, I see why. I figured it out. I figured it out. I had two YouTube windows opening or open. Sorry, have a good night.
actions. We don't make mistakes. You ready for the drop? Just worry about it. Learn how to use my.